This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Good morning. This is Mark Snyder. It's Friday, June 18th at 9 a.m., and it's time for Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and wcwp.org what is chamber chatter well it's a monthly roundtable discussion with today's long island business leaders it's been underwritten by maptoons long island chamber maps i have three guests with me today via zoom technology from the north fork chamber of commerce president linda sweeney ari goodman he's the president of the greater west hampton chamber of commerce and we also have the president of the Montauk Chamber of Commerce with us today. His name is Paul Monty. Now, you may be sensing a theme with today's program, and you'd be right. With the first day of summer just two days away, we're focusing on the great east end of Long Island. So, Linda, Ari, and Paul, thank you for joining me today on Chamber Chatter. My pleasure. So, let's talk. Linda, I'm going to start with you. The North Fork Chamber covers a very wide geographical area, especially when compared to most chambers, which represent a town. Um, can you talk for a second to us about the communities that you represent? But also, I want to know how and why this chamber came about. Well, we have we have several hamlets that are part of the North Fork Chamber. Um, there is a Mattituck Chamber. But from Mattituck out to Orient, um, we have all combined all hamlets to be the North Fork Chamber of Commerce. And you know, basically, our mission is to help provide, um, you know, stimulate the local economy, advocate for our businesses, and we've been around for a very, very long time. Now, why was it necessary to combine the chambers? Because I would think that, say, a Greenport chamber on its own might be more effective in promoting its community as opposed to sort of painting with a little bit of a broader brush and saying the North Fork Chamber of Commerce. What was the impetus um, to combine the chambers? It, it was actually, you know, to increase the communication because the, the even though Greenport is a large town, Peconic is a small town, Kutchog is a small town, um, South Hole does not have as much businesses as Greenport. So that's why it was, it was definitely conducive for us to combine. Okay, so the small handful of towns on the North Fork that are not represented by the North Fork Chamber, um, what is your relationship like with those groups? Like you mentioned, oh, Matt, you mentioned Mattituck. Right, and, and Shelter Island has their own chamber, and we all belong to each other's chambers, and we do joint events. Um, in the fall, we do a um, Meet the Candidates, which we share with the uh, Mattituck Chamber of Commerce. So, you know, we all have the same mission, is to really help provide, it. you know, like I said, um, information and to help our businesses grow. Okay, so I'll take this a step further. So why wouldn't the Mattituck Chamber just say, you know what, let's join the North Fork Chamber, let's dissolve our chamber, and let's all become one North Fork Chamber? Well, you never know. So that's <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to have you back on next month, and you'll tell us some news. 
maybe you could have us in the fall. Okay, good to know. Ari, welcome yes. to the welcome to the program. I want you to know that my wife and I love West Hampton. Great. Uh, for my listeners who have never been there before, um, tell us about the greater West Hampton Chamber of Commerce and the communities that make up your chamber. Well, uh, we promote business, just like all other chambers. Um, right now, we're looking to promote business. We're looking to uh, end this COVID uh, fiasco. Uh, we are pushing everyone to get vaccinated so all business can be back as usual. We have a very successful farmer's market that brings many people into town that then go to our businesses. And uh, all, all our vendors are either vaccinated or wearing masks. And, um, you know, even though, even last uh, season, last summer, was one of the most successful um, uh, years ever. So we're, and it's, it's just West Hampton and the surrounding areas. Okay. You uh, refer to it as the Greater West Hampton Chamber. So to follow up on that, are there other... Oh, it's West Hampton, it's Remsenburg, it's Bianc, it's, um, it's Quag, it's Quiag. It is. Okay. So you represent quite a few communities as well. Right. Okay, good. Um, if my count is correct, uh, there are six Hamptons, right? We've got West Hampton, West Hampton Beach, the distinction, correct? Well, West Hampton Beach is a village. West Hampton is a, is a hamlet. But separate zip codes, correct? Right. And they're all part of the town of Southampton. Okay. But Southampton has its own chamber. We had them on last month. Right. Southampton Village has a chamber. Right. And then you have East Hampton and you have Bridgehampton and you have Hampton Bays. Am correct. I leaving, am I leaving anyone out? Is there a Northampton? Uh, there actually is a North. There actually is a Northampton. Yes, there That's is. Up Ahead. All right. Uh, so the, the reason other villages that don't have the name Hampton in it that are part of the Hamptons. So the, question, the reason I ask that about all the Hamptons, um, how challenging is it for you as a president of the Greater West Hampton Chamber to distinguish yourself amongst all the other Hamptons on the South Fork? We don't really need to distinguish. We work with other chambers. Um, all five chambers of uh, South of Southampton. We have calls once a month together. We all we all want to promote business and get everyone to come out to the Hamptons, whether it's from West Hampton. Actually, Remsenburg is the farthest uh, west, and Montauk is the farthest uh, east. And we want everyone to come and support all our businesses. So there's really no re reason to uh, try to distinguish ourselves. So you... Do the, my next question was: Do you do any cross promotion or collaboration with the other Hamptons? Um, we do. We we actually work on grants together. We do some events together. Uh, we even do some events with uh, chambers outside of Southampton that are close to us. Like for instance, we we do many events together with Riverheads Chamber since they're pretty close to us. They are in another uh, town. Okay, great. Thank you, Paul. Um, you're a longtime, well-connected local Montauk resident. You've been serving the chamber as president for the past 15 years. Plus, um, 15 plus, I think. <laughs> 15 plus. I did my homework. Yeah, yeah. You're also the former owner of the legendary Gurney's Inn. Well, my family, yes. Which yeah. was founded in 1926, mm -hmm. right? That's right. Um, 
So what was the impetus for you to get involved with the Montauk Chamber uh, and then not only get involved, but then take on a leading role as president, like I mentioned, for over 15 years? Well, um, having grown up in Montauk and having worked at Gurney's, you know, since I was 12 years old, uh, that was my my first experience uh, growing up in the hospitality business. It's in your blood and uh, that's what you do. So uh, I, I went from that to running several of my own businesses in the Montauk area and the Hamptons, restaurants, nightclubs, things like that. And then um, got the call to come back to Gurney's in 1989 and assist my father in the general manager's role, which I ultimately took over and managed the property for over 30 years. So um, business has always been in my blood. So it was a natural fit for me to start to get involved in the Montauk Chamber. So I started by, uh, by becoming active and, and uh, getting elected to the board and serving on the board for several years and then ultimately becoming the president. And uh, uh, for whatever reason, whether nobody else wanted the job or whether I was doing a good job at it, I ended up there for uh, about 16 years. And that's where I sit right now. So, so was it your great-grandfather who founded Gurney's Inn in 1926? Actually, the, the story goes, it, it was my uncle. Uh, my, fam my family had a, uh, a long-standing family restaurant in Brooklyn from 1906, which was started by my grandparents. And my, my father and his six brothers were all a part of that restaurant. And then his older brother, Nick, came out to Montauk one day with one of their customers from Brooklyn and fell in love with Montauk and asked Mrs. Gurney, who was running the, uh, the small Gurney's Inn at the time, if she was ever interested in selling to please let him know. And within a few months, she called him and the rest was history. Wow. And now you have new owners there. Now there are new owners as of 2015. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They've done a nice yep. job with it as well. Yeah, they have. Um, last year, there was a well-documented story about the local Montauk residents feeling a little overrun by the visitors and trying to find a reasonable and healthy compromise balance between the two. Um, how did you tackle that? Well, I don't know that I don't know that you ever fully tackle that situation. Um, it's something that we've dealt with in Montauk for many years. Can you give my audience just a little background on specifically what we're talking about, the issues sure. that you're confronted with? Sure. Um, well, Montauk is a small fishing village, you know, at its at its heart and soul. It's a three thousand person year round community very small, tight-knit community, um, you know, very little in terms of industry outside of tourism, fishing, contracting, uh, you know, and nowadays real estate, which is very exciting and hot. But um, the people of Montauk live a very quiet existence nine months out of the year, and three months out of the year, it's the complete opposite. And people come in droves, the traffic gets big, the, the the houses fill up, the hotels fill up, the beaches fill up, the streets fill up. And there's some frustration, obviously, between the year-round residents who may not necessarily be involved in businesses in the community, but have retired or, you know, have businesses that may not need that additional in influx of, of folks. 
So, you know, you, you always, you get that little back and forth between people. And the one thing that you never want to lose is the authenticity or the soul of an area of a community. And, you know, it can happen very easily when you've got huge numbers of people coming into town and trying to put their own mark on that community and trying to change the community. So there's always that constant battle, but the, the reprieve and, and the, the reset, I think happens, you know, now our season is a little bit longer now, probably five to six months, uh, not full bore, but a nice steady stream of folks, uh, tourism related, but the other six months it's quiet. So that's where you get your reset. So every year you go through this sort of push and pull and you do your best to try to hold on to that, uh, to that soul of the community. How about you, Ari? You go through that as well? Um, well, normally we go through that. This past year with COVID, um, we were in the winter, we were um, packed. People moved out for COVID. Um, and the last couple of years, more and more people, even without COVID, have started to move out full time. So in the summer, it gets more crowded and there are people um, that, that complain. There were some people that complained that everyone came out during COVID, but it was people that own homes out here. Mm -hmm. um, it actually uh, worked out well for our businesses, unfortunately. Um, that you know was a silver lining, but um, anytime there's a, any place there's a beach, there will be more people in the summer. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've been we, over the last uh, ten years or so, we've become, we've become more year-round with additions in the summer. Hmm. Uh, Linda, you know, last month there was a wonderful article in Newsday entitled "The Welcome Mat Is Out." East End businesses are eager to host visitors for a normal summer season. And the, the gist of the piece was that while some businesses had a banner summer in 2020, many struggled, right, to keep their head above water. However, there were several references in that article to North Fork businesses who had a very good year last year. Um, what was your take on the summer of 2020 on the North Fork? Uh, was, it, was it more successful than people might have you believe? Well, you know, unfortunately, there still are businesses who did struggle through the pandemic, um, but our membership actually has never been better than, you know, during this time. And, and in the beginning of the pandemic, we actually had come together to see, geez, should we not, you know, charge our members this year? Should we offer them a discount? And the next thing you know, membership was, you know, booming. So, and then there was a lot of businesses here who did thrive and both us and the South Fork, um, there was a person who provided us with free testing all last summer. Um, so that was a wonderful thing. So all summer long, um, working here at Stony Brook East Long Island Hospital is my full-time job. We were able to, to provide tests for all the North Fork Chamber businesses which kept them we, open and safe. We also pivoted. We did different things during COVID, the chamber. For instance, we sent out um, literature and we gave advice and we did sort of webinars on how to apply for PPP, you know, yes. how to uh, get uh, P, uh, you know, we did a lot of stuff to help our members uh, during COVID. Absolutely, hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, we did a lot of Zoom meetings. Even, you know, we provided emotional support on one of our new Zoom meetings for how, you know, businesses and their employees were handling it. Are any of you back to in-person general meetings yet? We're doing hybrids at this point. What does that mean, Paul? Uh, we, you, can attend by, you can attend by Zoom or you can attend in person. Oh, okay. And how's the response been to that? About 50-50. How about you, Linda? You having in-person meetings yet? Yes, we actually have an annual comedy night every year that's usually held in March. And last year, our comedy night was on Friday night, and then March, Wednesday, March 11th, the world shut down. So last Friday night, we had a comedy night, and we had over, you know, about 75 people attend, which was social distance, and um, it was a great night. You know, there are people who are anxious to be out and in person. And then there are people who still want to, you know, we have board meetings, you know, hybrid too, mm -hmm. in person. And we still have a Zoom set up for the people who are uncomfortable being out. It's, well, it's been very out tricky. I'm vaccinated. I've been out quite a bit. It's, uh, it's starting to feel very normal. Yes. Uh, I agree. It's getting there. So and you really, you have to be, you, you know, you have to be cognizant of people's feelings because, you know, some people want to keep the mask on even though the establishments are not requiring it that's my wife vaccinated but she is not ready to take her mask off so yeah each his own but i think we're gearing up for what's going to be a, a very successful summer of 2021 all right so we're going to jump out for a quick break we've got some important information from the radio station they're going to share with us but when we come back it's time to play genie in a bottle and that's where we learn what three wishes our guests have for their Chamber of Commerce. This is 88.1 FM and WCWP.org, and this is Chamber Chatter. Welcome back. My name is Mark Snyder. The program is Chamber Chatter. The frequency is 88.1 FM, and the website is WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it's been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount app. With over 2,500 discounts island-wide, you can download the MapTunes app. That's MapTunes, M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S. Or you can simply visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My business leaders with me today are Linda Sweeney. She's the president of the North Fork Chamber of Commerce. Ari Goodman, president of the Greater West Hampton Chamber. And Paul Monty, president of the Montauk Chamber of Commerce. I want to go back for a second to that article that was in Newsday entitled, The Welcome Mat is Out. There's a need for the leisure travelers to pick up the slack since the international travel is so far down. It was down 79% in 2020. And the article basically said that they're not expecting much improvement there. Can the local and leisure travelers pick up the slack of that, uh, that lost revenue? Well, I, I think as far as the East End goes, most certainly, yes. Yes, there is a, a tremendous pent up demand for folks from the metropolitan area on through Nassau and Western Suffolk County to come out to the Hamptons, to Montauk, to the North Fork and enjoy themselves uh, in the summer as they did last year 
but this year they're going to feel a little bit more normal and they're going to feel a little bit more easy and 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 uh, comfortable with with getting out and about and going to restaurants and going to uh, going to the beach and doing things as they would normally do. So I think that the the percentage of international traveler on the East End has never been a tremendous percentage. It's always been some and and they're they're great because they're longer stays and they do spend more normally on average. But I believe that we've got plenty of population that can pick up that slack. Uh, interesting, because the article refers to uh, the need to return to a classic Long Island summer, um, which you were kind of getting at. Um, Ari, how do you define a classic Long Island summer in the West Hampton community? Describe a classic summer uh, for you. Everybody, uh, both locals and visitors, going out and enjoying beaches and then going to our restaurants and our stores. And the streets are filled and... Streets are filled. The vendors the are happy are and the merchants are happy. And we have art show, a couple of art shows each summer. They're all filled. You know, we have uh, theaters. We have, uh, you know, just everyone having a great time. Now, are your summer programs and your typical summer plans, are they in effect for this summer? Um, they're, in a, they're in a hybrid. Last year, they were affected tremendously. Uh, this year, it's still wait and see in some things. We, you know, we have art shows coming up. We don't know yet whether we're going to have to fence them in and limit the amount of people into them. You know, at our farmers market, we're requiring people either be vaccinated, or wear a mask. You know, we're hoping we're hoping everyone gets vaccinated um, so we could end uh, this COVID and we could do everything. We we already we're planning on having our bocce league. Uh, for people who are vaccinated since you're in close quarters while playing bocce. We, you know, we plan on, you know, uh, last night we had our first in-person networking event. Um, um, you know, and um, we've been doing mo most of uh, outdoors, you know, and outdoors and only for vaccinated people. Um, and we're hoping that everything opens up. Okay, we're going to shift gears from Newsday to the New York Times. Uh, in between our break, uh, Paul had mentioned there was a nice piece in the New York Times about uh, Montauk. Paul, what was that about? Well, it was about um, the good news about things loosening up and getting back to normal. Uh, and it focused on East Hampton Town's desire to try to begin to open up the doors to normalcy. However, at the same time, trying to keep the lid on any extreme partying, uh, extravagant events of large scale, et cetera. So it's, it's sort of a balanced approach that the town of East Hampton is taking, you know, slowly, step by step, uh, not, uh, not allowing, you know, the bars to, to get too full and, and, you know, the, putting the, the, the midnight curfew on the outdoor activities at the restaurants and the bars and that type of thing uh, so that we can kind of gauge what's happening as we go into the summer. So sort of a uh, controlled chaos. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we just went through recently the Memorial Day weekend, which created quite a challenge because of the weather situation. You know, this was a very wet and cold Memorial Day weekend, which 
we haven't seen the likes of in quite some time. Hey, that was and a lost weekend. It, well, believe it or not, there were still quite a few people that were in the area. Wow. Problem came in. Most people were very happy with the outdoor dining scenario that's that's occurred over the past year and a half. So when you have rain and that type of thing, a lot of your outdoor dining venues don't have the same capacity as they would have. Mm. So there was a lot of trying to squeeze, you know, um, a lot of people into a smaller space, but limited by capacity and the people's desire to be indoors. So that, that created somewhat of a challenge. And I think we got through it pretty well, though. Okay. It's time for Genie in a Bottle. All right. This is where our audience learns about uh, what three wishes you have for your business group, your chamber. So, Linda, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to paint a picture for you. Let's say you're at uh, the family-owned Puglisi Vineyards in Kutchog, which is a shameless plug for my favorite North Fork Vineyard. You're sipping a nice glass of Riesling wine, and you notice a lantern, a magic lantern in the grass, and you pick it up, you give it a rub, a genie pops out, granting you three wishes for the North Fork Chamber. What are they? Well, um, I would be drinking Pinot Grigio, not Riesling, but just kidding. Um, <laughs> My three wishes would be that there would be more networking groups within my chamber. Um, I'm a firm believer of that. I feel that business knows business. It's a way to introduce people. Um, you know, asking people, hey, do you know Linda Sweeney? I need to have a meeting with her. Um, my second wish would be to improve our communication. I just feel that there's always a way to increase communication, newsletters and e-blasts, but other, other means. And then my third wish would be to provide a career center. Um, I really wish that we could help the local businesses with um, hiring people, because that is a huge struggle everywhere here even for our 70 bed hospital, 420 employees here in Greenport, um, it's, it's a struggle. Hmm. You talked about the need for more networking groups. Um, I have asked this question for years. I've never heard that because most chambers do networking events. So when you say the need for more, more specifically, what are you, what are you referencing? Well, we, we have our, you know, we have our monthly dinner meetings, um, but I would like to get more of, a, like, a, provide more of networking for people's needs, specific business needs by connecting them. So it's really people, you know, outside of the chamber. I would like to really engage everybody in the local communities. And are you thinking about, like, splintering off and doing, like, a restaurant networking group and a, a professionals networking group, that kind of thing? Well, I mean, I would love to do that, but I'm not, you know, thinking of it, but I just think that um, I think we need to be out there, you know, uh, communicating more amongst one another to help one another. Well, hopefully and, and we, you know, go ahead. we do that. We do that very well as a chamber. I mean, our meetings are well attended. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, we all will agree that the pandemic put a crimp in anyone's networking events. So it, now it's a matter of starting them back up. But I think there's going to be a huge appetite based on the last few uh, programs we've done. Huge appetite for businesses to get out and start socializing and meeting and networking again. So 
Okay, um, Ari, yes. let's say you're taking in a concert at the West Hampton Beach Performing Arts Center. And I'm so happy to see that there are concerts on the schedule for this summer. And under your seat, you notice a bottle. You pop it open, out comes a genie. Yes, right in the middle of the performance. So play along with me here. Uh, and the genie grants you three wishes for your chamber. What are you wishing for? Well, first, we I'm wishing to eradicate COVID because that will open everything up. And once you get rid of COVID, all the other wishes will happen. So uh, to eradicate COVID and um, convince everyone to get vaccinated, all, all is one big wish. I mean, that's our challenge. Our second wish would, for, would be for all our businesses to increase revenue. Uh, we want everyone to, you know, um, um, high tides raise everyone. As we want everyone to uh, start doing better, even though they're doing well. There's always room for improvement. And then we want to make room for a third wish, make room for new businesses that want to start up in our uh, area. I love that expression. It's a rising tide raises all boats. Yeah. I have that right? Floats yeah, all boats. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So you talked about, uh, you know, everybody doing better. What was 2020 like for you last summer? Uh, I was under the impression that it was a good year for the West Hampton businesses. Well, it was a good year. The restaurants did uh, superbly, better than, you know, they all went straight to take out and uh, people didn't want to cook at home. They came in, uh, bought their food, and when they were able to open up outside, they did that. Um, a lot of the stores, people wanted, when they could, when it opened up, it was closed for a month or two, people wanted to get out and shop. Um, so most of the stores did very well. There were some businesses that didn't do as well. But um, all in all, it was a good year, but uh, it could be a better year. Yeah, well... I'm betting that you're all going to have better years. It's just uh, people seem to be antsy and ready to roll and count me as one of them. And also uh, depending on the business. Now, you know, some hotels uh, had a lot of restrictions. They could only have people in every other room. So they didn't do as well um, when they had to leave an empty room in between, uh, in between guests. Hmm. Paul, uh, your turn here. Um, I have such fond memories of camping at uh, Hither Hill State Park as a child. So let's say we find you there. You're strolling along the Atlantic Ocean. You spot what appears to be a magic lantern in the sand. And when you open it up, the genie comes out, offering you three wishes for your chamber. Talk to me. Well, uh, that that has two two pieces to it to me. The first is, what would I like for the chamber? The chamber, very simply, we want to continue to grow our membership. We want to be able to help as many businesses as we possibly can. So whichever businesses are out there that aren't currently members, we want to get them and we want to make them um, you know, productive members of the chamber. We want to increase our shoulder and off-season business and traffic, obviously. Not to the same point of the summertime, although some people might like that, but I mm. think that it would be nice just to increase those numbers and, and be able to provide more year-round activity on a business level so that more businesses can stay open year-round because that becomes an issue in the off-season. And then the other thing is just to continue to do value-added things for our benefit, for our members, increase our member benefits. 
um, you know, help them with their digital presence, um, provide them with uh, with resources that will help them find workers and, and housing and all of that type of thing. We just want to create more benefits to the long list of benefits that we currently have. And then you could look at that question also in terms of what do I think or what, what are my wishes for the community, the Montauk community? And with respect to that, number one, I mentioned earlier was maintaining that Montauk character, that authenticity, that, that soul of Montauk without, by increasing business and not losing that. Um, the other two things that are very important to our community are, we have been trying for years to create a downtown wastewater district because our groundwater is so precious. We'd like to create uh, a situation similar to what Ari has over in West Hampton, where our downtown businesses are all piped in and the wastewater is being treated appropriately. And this, the last thing, which is truly an important endeavor and has been on the table for over 50 years is the FIMP project, which is the Army Corps of Engineers Fire Island to Montauk Point project, which is replenishing the sand on the beaches. And we are currently in line to get sand replenishment from the Army Corps dredging uh, effects uh, efforts um, within the next two years. We're hoping that we can move that up so that our Montauk beaches can be rebuilt to the point that they should be to a 50 or 75 year beach that will be there for our visitors and our residents to enjoy for many, many years to come. How close are you to making that happen? Well, uh, Congressman Zeldin's office has been very, uh, very helpful in that respect. And we thought that we were going to be starting that project this coming winter. Recently, we heard that that may have been changed because of the scheduling of the dredges and Western um, Suffolk maybe getting the sand before Eastern Suffolk. So we, we are still pushing. We have petitions out. We are uh, working closely with the government officials to try to get that changed and to get that sand out here sooner rather than later, because every storm, you know, could be the big one. So we have to be prepared for that. So it's not a matter of if it's if now it's when, I mean, it is going to happen. Well, well, I mean, you know, we, we all experienced Sandy. Uh, fortunately, our Montauk downtown, which is basically at sea level, mm -hmm. uh, we were able to, to survive that, but our beaches are getting eroded and the, the Army Corps of Engineers, I have to tell, I have to say to their, um, to their uh, credit, they did build our beach with a sandbag dune, which they covered with sand. And that has been very protective over the past six or seven years to keep our hotel, our oceanfront hotels in the downtown safe and the whole downtown area. But that needs to be bolstered now with real sand. Mm. I want to go back to one of your early earlier wishes. You talked about off-season business, uh, but isn't that a double-edged sword for you? Because it on is, one hand, you want if your residents say we want some peace and quiet. On the other hand, the businesses say we need more than just seasonal business. That's that's why my my response may have sounded a little bit schizophrenic there because I said we want to increase it, but we don't want to increase it to the level of the summer. So we we would like to increase those those off season um, times so that we can sustain business through those times. Um, that that is really a key player because people will come out if they have things to do and places to go, but the businesses have to have the business in order to be able to stay open. So it's, it's one of those conundrums that you have, to, you have to try to find that happy balance. 
So in your years, you've been in Montauk a long time. Have you seen an increase in business starting to spread beyond the three-month summer yes. season? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, my time at Gurney's uh, was, was a great example of things that, that could be done to bring off-season business. We, we created a conference center. So we were able to bring sales meetings and, and big, big corporations out to Montauk in the off-season. We created an internationally acclaimed health spa, which helped to bring people out in the off-season to do their therapies and massages and, and meditations and yoga, et cetera. So things like that are a draw in the off-season. And when people do come out to the East End in the off-season, they understand what it means to, to enjoy Montauk or the area in the off season. And once they get that bite, that bug, they're, they're hooked for life. You know, even- I agree with that, by the way, I've been out there many times in the off season, it's beautiful. You know, to, to walk a beach like the magnificent ocean beach in Montauk in January on a sunny day and not see a soul or a footprint on the beach, you know, it's almost a spiritual experience. I have to tell you, and, and people come out here just for that healing. Yeah. I. I'm right on with right on with you on that. Yep. Um, thank you. All right, coming up next, we're gonna ask a leader, and that's where I stop asking the questions and I let each of our guests take the mic. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders. It's been underwritten by Maptoon's Long Island Chamber Maps. Let me reintroduce my three guests with me today. We have Linda Sweeney. She's the president of the North Fork Chamber of Commerce. Ari Goodman joins us today. He's the president of the Greater West Hampton Chamber of Commerce. And Paul Monty, president of the Montauk Chamber. So uh, I wanted to start uh, by talking a little bit about plans for the summer. Okay, today is June 18th, and people are starting to think, what am I going to do? The summer starts on uh, Sunday, and where am I going, and what am I doing? So, Linda, I'm going to start with you. You've got a long fork up there. I'm sure there's a lot going on. So um, can you give us some of the highlights on the schedule? Yes. So um, we are planning to do our scholarship dinner, which is an annual event each year. We have three schools here on the North Fork, and we provide um, a lucky student with a um, scholarship for college or, you know, hopefully uh, other schooling. And that is at the end of May, I mean, the end of June. And then in September, Greenport has its annual Maritime Festival, which we uh, take part of and we're in the parade. And then in October, we plan our golf outing at Island's End in Greenport, which is probably our number one event of the year and helps us raise the necessary funds to give these students these scholarships. So we have a busy summer ahead of us. Were those events canceled last year or did you have some yes. modified version of them? No, they were all, everything was canceled. Wow. And Maritime Festival sees you know, 30, 40,000 people. It's a two day event in Greenport. Wow. So um, it's, it's great for the local businesses. So those are back on. That's great. How about you, Paul? Uh, what's Montauk got up its sleeve? Well, Montauk has, um, we've, we started our farmer's market last week, which happens every Thursday through the summer and then every Friday into, uh, into November. 
So that's on the green in Montauk, very popular farmer's market, larger than ever this year. Uh, and the pro and some of the proceeds from that farmer's market, by the way, go to, Mont to go to support the Montauk Food Pantry, to which we've donated almost $100,000 since inception. So wow. um, it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great win-win-win situation, that farmer's market. Um, we start our concerts on the green, free concerts in the gazebo on the green, starting on June 28th. So that'll be uh, a week from this coming Monday. And we've got great um, live bands and people come with their blankets and picnics and just sit there on Monday evening and listen to the music and enjoy the camaraderie. I take it that that, that didn't happen last year, right? No, it did not. No, no. Yep. And we are in the process of doing a, a planning an outdoor movie series uh, on our big soccer field in town. So we expect that to be happening in July and August. And then... There is a, a concert going on at the Montauk Lighthouse to benefit the lighthouse, which is being put on by the Montauk Music Festival. It's August. I don't know the date off the top of my head, but the Montauk Sun newspaper has the calendar and all the information. It's actually headlined by the Marshall Tucker Band. So that's going to be an exciting concert right. out there. And then once October rolls around, Columbus Day weekend, we'll have our huge fall festival and chowder contest, which everybody looks so forward to and which was very, very modified last year and uh, didn't resemble our normal one, but hopefully this year will be much closer to the past. Okay, and Ari, how about you? What's happening in West Hampton this summer? Okay, so we've already started our farmer's market, uh, which is one of our biggest draws. You know, uh, typical summer day, we'll get 2,500 to 3,000 people coming through our market and then going out into town. And through the market, we also raise money for student scholarships. Uh, we have our art shows planned. It'll be one less this year than normally because we missed the Memorial Day one. But we have three shows planned. We have networking meetings uh, planned. We'll have a sidewalk sale probably in the fall. We have Oktoberfest coming up. We'll, we have concerts on the green. We're going to have, uh, uh, with the library, we, we have movie nights. Actually, even during COVID, we converted our regular movie night to a drive-in movie night. So we had that uh, one of the parking lots at one of our restaurants. And uh, we're just looking forward to a great season. I'm so happy to hear this. You know, last summer, I asked this very same question to three chamber presidents, and all we heard were crickets. <laughs> so it's great to hear <laughs> that I'm being facetious, but it's great to see that uh, the chambers and the Local businesses are getting back up and running. Very exciting stuff. Okay, it's time to ask a leader. What happens here is I turn off the mic. I let our guest with us today ask the question. So, uh, Paul, I'm going to start with you. Um, do you have a question for either or both of our uh, very established uh, chamber presidents here with us today? I do. I do. So the first one will be for Ari. Ari, I don't know how involved you were with the with the sewer work that was going on in West Hampton Beach in the village. Uh, are you familiar with, with that? And were your business members a part of that construction area? Actually, I, um, the sewer work is going on right now. Um, oh, okay. last, la last summer, we actually redid uh, Main Street. They ripped up the whole street. They ran um, you know, electric uh, lines. Um, they ran water lines. They ran cable lines. Uh, so we got rid of all the, the electric poles from town, which makes the town look much better. The, the street was actually caving in. Um, it, it really needed it. 
it was it it actually started before COVID. Some of the businesses, you know, you'll always have people like to complain, um, you know. But you know, and it uh, the back doors were open for business. Uh, there was actually one business owner that through social media said you can't breathe in town instead of saying come to town through our back doors. Um, <laughs> most of the businesses did okay, but then the double whammy was COVID. We we had fences that we actually decorated, you know, before COVID uh, to make uh, the town look nicer. And now everyone's saying how great it was, and you know we had to bite the bullet and do that. The only thing we did with the sewer last summer, um, the sewers are being run now to the airport. They they were smart enough. It was the village, not the chamber. Um, they ran a pipe from one side of the street to the other, so they they don't have to break up the street while they're putting in the sewers now. And if you drive through town, you'll see pipes all on the street. They're running the sewer up to the airport, which will help us uh, on Main Street allow for more restaurants. We will we couldn't have any new restaurants because of the septic tanks uh, going out into our waterways. So, I mean, I would, it takes time. So it's really, it was two separate legs. It's a two year project, but I think every village in town should bite the bullet and, uh, and do the same thing. And then ultimately your business members are happy that it was done, even though it caused a little pain in the process. Most of our business members understood and were happy and they knew it had to be done. Right. Um, we had a couple of, um, um, and actually the people that complained weren't even members of our chamber. The people who joined, who joined the chamber are involved enough to understand the necess necessity for business in the future, not just for one day. So the complaints were actually not even chamber members. And, and how is the financial impact on them going forward? Are they going to have to pay for hookups and service and maintenance and things like that? Uh, well, everything's hooked up already. Um, um, everything was hooked up, right? You know, the business, first of all, the businesses weren't involved directly. It was the landlords. A couple right. of people own their own buildings. And... And the village hooked it, hooked the stuff right up to the buildings. Um, they, they, there was some expense for landlords, for new meters. There, there were slight expenses. Most expenses was, uh, you know, through grants and through uh, bonds and stuff, took care of it. And, um, you know, I haven't spoken to someone who's not happy with how it looks now. Okay. That valuable information because we're in the process of, of studying that right now. So, you know, we're going to have to go through all of those growing pains. So I may be uh, calling you on the phone and asking you for some advice. Call anytime for that or for any other reason. Okay. Paul, you said you had a question I, for Linda? Yeah, you did. If I could, yeah. Yes, Linda, sure. Linda, I know that the North Fork is, is tremendously popular in the fall. And I know that there is um, traffic issues and pushback from communities and residents and things like that. How, how are you handling that as a chamber and, you know, trying to balance all of those things? Because it's all, it's a beautiful time to be there. It's almost a natural to want to, a natural to want to promote that beautiful time. But at the same time, if you promote it, it's going to bring more people, which is going to cause more traffic. So how, how do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, you know, from your perspective? Well, you know, the traffic is an issue. We, you know, we try and work with the local, you know, government and the, the local officials to help with that and try and streamline some ways, you know, maybe having trolley cars, doing some sort of uh, parking areas. 
Um, but we struggle with that every year. And um, the local, you know, as much as it's good for the local farms and the pumpkin picking and even the wineries, um, it's one thing that, you know, you have to weigh it. You know, if you didn't don't have the people out here and you don't have the traffic, you don't have the business. Yes, Linda, this comes up all the time on this feature, and we always refer to it as being a victim of your own success. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, there's not it's a it's it's a it's it's a quandary because obviously you want business to grow, you want people to come out to your community. But the more that happens, the more parking becomes an issue, the more move getting around town becomes an issue. So it's a. But it's, I think COVID has really um, kind of helped with that. Because we have, you know, I'm sure as the South Fork, we have a lot of second homeowners who are now living out here full time. So you saw it in the local grocery stores where, you know, in the wintertime, they didn't have to order as much food. And, and it wasn't due to the pandemic. It was due to the amount of people who were living out here that they just could not keep up with everything. And I think now that everybody has really figured it out, having more people here. Mm-hmm. Ari, uh, what would you like to know from our other two guests that are with us here today? First of all, Linda, you're not that far from us, and we already do um, joint networking networking events with Riverhead. So, when are you going to join us for a joint networking event? <laughs> I'll um, in, when when I get my invite, I'll be there. Okay, we'll do. And uh, Paul, you're a little farther away, but if, is there anything you could think of that we could do jointly? Well, well, I will tell you, Ari, we do have a great group called the East End Tourism Alliance, right? Brian DeLuca from the Aquarium is the president. I sit on the board with him and we, we represent both forks and we have representation from the Hamptons Visitors Council. We have representation from the North Fork Promotion Council. East Hampton Chamber, Montauk Chamber, pretty much the Riverhead Chamber, they're all represented there. So that is really the, the venue where we can all, you know, commiserate or, or participate. Or collaborate. Or collaborate. <laughs> yeah, that's a better word, I guess. <laughs> and, and I, I often speak to the president at Riverhead, you know, to collaborate. And I think that's a Bob, great idea. Bob is great. Bob is great. And we're, we're actually in the process. I just got off a, a meeting this morning where we're doing a three season promotion through a grant from New York state. And it's going to be called end up here. And it's going to be a three season uh, calendar starting with stay and play in the summer, um, fall harvest and Oktoberfest in the fall, and then a holiday promotion for the winter. So we're creating this, this calendar and this, $90,000 promotional marketing campaign and there's production money for events and all of these all of these organizations in this area have to get involved with that so that we can utilize the money that's all there in one pot and promote the whole area the twin forks from mm. riverhead you know all the way out to the east on both forks so that I, I highly recommend if anybody's not involved with the east end tourism alliance that we, we get together and we can have a little powwow, sit down in Riverhead, and we can put our brains together and come up with some great ideas. That's good stuff there, Paul. Thank you. Um, Linda, how about you? 
Any questions for our um, guests? I have a question for both. My first question is for Paul. And being the president for so long, this is only my second year, how do you reinvent yourself each year? Good question. Yeah, it's, um, it's a challenge. But being that we're a seasonal community and there is some turnover in terms of business and in terms of uh, demographics and, and target markets and things like that, it's, it's not as difficult as it may seem. You know, several years ago, we had one target audience and we had one group of businesses. Several years later, target audience is a little bit different. Some of the businesses have changed. Some of the feeling and some of the activities are different. So it sort of reinvents itself on its own. And then I just kind of go along for the ride and try to steer it. <laughs> Linda, I, I think what Paul's saying is that since he only works three months out of the year, he's effectively <laughs> only worked 48 months. So it's only four years. It's not that long, right? <laughs> All right. Question for Ari. And Linda, Ari. Uh, what are your goals for 2021-22? Uh, increase business and increase um, entertainment and fun. That's pretty succinct, Ari. So you got your work cut out for you. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's uh, wrap it up. I'd like to give all of our guests an opportunity to tell our listeners what they do when they're not running their chamber of commerce and Believe me, it's a full-time job to run a chamber of commerce, but all of our guests here do something else with their extra time when they have it. So uh, let's just quickly go around the horn. Paul, um, I know you sold gurneys last year. Uh, no, I'm sorry, no, 2015? 2015. Oh, I, was I, I helped them through the transition for several years, but okay. no longer. I, I do have a, a consulting company, hospitality consulting company, which uh, has been fairly active through the pandemic with helping folks with the PPP loans and the help that, that was out there and, you know, just trying to keep people's heads above water. So that keeps me a little bit busy. Uh, as far as the chamber goes, you know, we're fortunate to have an executive director. We have a very qualified executive director right now in Kay, um, Kay Tyler. But prior to her, we had Lorraine Cregan, who served as our executive director for 16 years. So the chamber, the operations of the chamber, are pretty much um, handled very well by our executive director. And and I get to do the fun stuff like this and, and sort of uh, work with the steering committee and the executive board and try to keep those things on track. So I'm pretty busy. And then once in a while, I run down to Florida for a little escape in the winter. Good for you. Linda, 30 seconds. What are you doing when you're not running the chamber? I am the vice president of the foundation here at Stony Brook Eastern Long Island Hospital. I am basically responsible for spearheading all of our fundraising efforts to raise the necessary funds to support the program and services here at the hospital. And I'm also in charge of all of our marketing and communications and public relations. Ari, same for you. 30 seconds. Tell me about yourself. Yeah, I have a full-time law practice. I, uh, I do real estate law, wills and trusts, small business. Um, my clients keep me busy. Uh, so uh, between that and the chamber, I uh, try to find time to go bike riding, go sailing, go boating, um, you know, and uh, go out to eat. That's great. Hey, thank you all for joining me today. Really happy to have you on. My thank special you, guest with me today, Linda Sweeney, president of North Fork Chamber. Ari Goodman, you just heard from him. He's the president of the Greater West Hampton Chamber of Commerce. 
and Paul Monty, president of the Montauk Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I wish each of you a happy, fun, and successful summer of 2021. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. So if you visit WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter, you can check out the podcast. Also available on YouTube, search WCWP Studios. Special mention goes to my engineer, Dan Cox. He's the director of broadcasting and a longtime friend. Dan has been working triple time throughout the pandemic with limited staff, I might add and has done a masterful job of keeping the radio station on the air. So thank you, buddy. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. And remember to always keep your local businesses in mind when you're making your purchases or you're utilizing services. Yes, it's that important. Coming up next, it's Project Independence and you. Enjoy the summer. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.